This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Well, the Mets are in trouble. Yankees got some runs, and Gordon Damer's back. We'll talk some basketball with him next. And you can join us at 1-800-919-3776. Also be a Twitter at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM, along with Brian the Brain, JP making a Tuesday night uh, appearance. Hi, JP. Good to see you again. We're here until midnight. Then there's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, is that you? It is, Larry. I am here for one reason and one reason only, Larry. It's the Yankees not about- scored 11 runs. No, it's not about <laughs> me tonight. It's about you, my friend. I saw, I saw what was going on tonight, and I said, you know what? I got to be there for Larry. I got to be there for my friend. When, when times are tough and things are going wrong, you need to be there for the people in your life. And right now, Mets got some issues. Wasn't it you that told me I had nothing to worry about? <laughs> Wasn't it you that well, said to me about the Phillies? The Phillies, this is the team that you're concerned about? Atlanta, no. Atlanta, is this the team you're concerned about? And what did I tell you? It's not about them. It's about the Mets. It is absolutely. beating teams they're supposed to yeah. beat. Case in point, I mean, I hate to say this, but even the Yankees beat the Marlins. Yeah, the Yankees <laughs> swept them, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, everybody had, uh, had beaten the Marlins, but uh, the Mets just were, for whatever reason, and it's kind of been a thing for the last few years, it seems like. It seems like it's been a thing with the Marlins that they just cannot seem to beat them, but you're right. I mean, this is – now, look, I'm, I'm going to give you – I'm going to walk you off the ledge because even though the Phillies won tonight and so the lead is down to a game and a half, even though the Braves are leading right now 6 nothing. Um, judge home run, by the way. Judge home run. The Yankees are roll. Thank God for the Orioles. Um, <laughs> but th- those two teams are still those two teams, and those two teams have not figured it out. Now the Mets, they have got to figure it out. They can't. I mean, they can't keep losing games every single day. You can't collapse because if you collapse, then uh, obviously somebody is going to overtake you. But uh, no, th- I mean, this is the most concern that anyone should have had about the Mets right now. And I still think, I still believe that when the roof seems to cave in or be ready to cave in on the Mets, that's when they respond. The roof is uh, showing some cracks. Mm-hmm. Now would be a good time. Anytime that you want to start moving in the right direction, that would be, uh, it would be good to start right now. So what's giving it away? Is all these buckets under the on the floor here with all the water yeah, dripping over I them? Mean, is that, is that I'm not saying at? you got to hit the panic button, but you oh. might want to look out the operating procedure for the panic button because, yeah, I mean, it's bad right now. I mean, another night where you're, you're losing. It seems like they're losing off the bat very quickly a lot of mm-hmm. times. They're losing in games. They had some opportunities tonight, had some opportunities last night, not able to cash in at all. And really, much like with the Yankees, you know, we can we can talk about the pitching, clearly. We can talk about Taiwan Walker, who was not great tonight, but he's not the reason why you lost the no, game. No, he's not. He's not. you got to be able to score more than four or five runs when you're facing the Miami Marlins. I'm sorry. You just have to. And, and the Mets offense has been the issue throughout the season, one for seven with runners in scoring position tonight. Um, you know, J.D. Davis, uh, Dom Smith had a big hit. J.D. Davis had a big hit. You know, there's some hits there, uh, you know, McNeil, um, but uh, not just simply not enough production from the Mets on a night where they need they need somebody to start to break out outside of Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso's broken out a few times here, but not many other guys have. And you would think that at some point these guys have to start performing to the back of the baseball card, but it's not really not happened as of yet. 
I don't know what back of the baseball card looks like with these guys in the lineup right now, Gordon, because they they are just they are just struggling. I mean, and here's the bad part about it: when you struggle, you notice that other parts of your game suffer as well. I mean, you look at this inning in the eighth. I mean, all all they're trying to do, and look, let's go back. Walker gave up runs early, but the positive is he seemed to find himself mm-hmm. and settled yeah. down. So. Hopefully that's a good sign that his next start, he will be more like the Walker we saw before before the All-Star break. That's number one. Number two, Brandon Nimmo, you know, just fundamentals always drive you nuts when it doesn't work. Just hit the cutoff guy. If they hit the cutoff guy, Gordon, there's a great chance that Miami doesn't get that fifth run. Yep. And now we're playing 4-4, and now, you know, in the extra inning game, you got a shot. You know, so it's just little things. And, yeah, you mentioned it, running and hitting with runners in scoring position continues to be a problem for this Mets team. And now you're looking at a game-and-a-half lead uh, over Philly. And, I mean, let's face it, here was an opportunity for you to get well. Miami was just swept by the Yankees. You come in. And, listen, let's give Miami credit. Their, their starting pitching is not bad. They have pretty good starting pitching. Bullpen is not great. <laughs> the bullpen's right. not great. So even though the starter was okay, you should be able to get to the bullpen. They haven't been able to do it. And listen, the the, the averages are creeping up. But once again, even though he had a, a, a pinch hit in last night's game, Michael Conforto's hitting 197. Oh what has happened to him? And he was benched, given homework, try to, re, try to reprogram how you're thinking at the plate, take some pressure off yourself. I mean, it's they, – they, the key people in this order, I tell you, I don't know. I don't know where the Mets would be without Alonzo and Dom Smith. <laughs> yeah, well, I know where they wouldn't that. be. They wouldn't be in first place. I can yeah, tell you that. Yeah, for sure. You're yeah. right. Uh, and, and Conforto was one of those guys when you looked at, you know, when you got to the All-Star break, you thought to yourself, all right, there's reasons for optimism with the Mets, even though they weren't even playing all that great at that point. Uh, and part of it was, well – Lindor is going to have a better – he can't be worse than he was in the first half, and now he's obviously hurt and not playing. And you figured that there was going to be a course correction for a guy. You know, usually when a guy has an established career like Conforto and they have a bad first half, all right, there's a course correction somewhere along the line. His, his course correction not only has not come, he's actually gotten worse. He's gotten worse since the All-Star break. I mean, he has just been – I mean, the hits, what was he, four for his last 43 or something like that? I mean, it is just, it's anemic, and it is really puzzling how he has not been able to get out of his own way. Now, look, I I will point out again, the the fact that the teams that are chasing you, they are not very good teams either. And even if they are to catch you, they would have to go past you, uh, which I don't have a whole lot of, again, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in the Phillies stringing a whole bunch of wins together. I don't have a whole lot of confidence in the Braves ever really putting things together. But at some point, it's about the Mets being figuring out the Mets. <laughs> That's what it's about right now, and it doesn't look like they have a lot of answers. And here's my other concern, clearly. Uh, Grom, September yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's – Okay, so I have no stopper. I, I have no I have no ace. I have no stopper to, to, to reset the course, to use your analogy, to, to get my team back on course. I don't have him. Uh, you know, Walker gave me another – subpar performance as it turns out not bad just subpar uh, mcgill who had been really almost my 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 sub ace yeah <laughs> you know more than you could ever expect right gave up a grand slam in the first inning last night team couldn't recover 
And so now you're looking and, and you're like, okay, I'm relying on Rich Hill and, and Carrasco. And what is Carrasco going to give me tomorrow? What is Rich Hill going to give me? I have to rely on them. And then, you know, we'll see what happens. So it's, it's, it's a concern right now. I hear what you're saying. And in theory, you are correct. It shouldn't be a problem because uh, Philly is not good. Their bullpen is awful. Uh, Atlanta, you know, made, made some moves. And so they're trying to overcome and get back into this thing. But, you know, when you lose 7 of 10 and you're about to go into a stretch, Gordon, where, you know, you've got some tough games coming up against some tough folks. Yep. I mean, you're heading west. So, you know, this is not the time for you. to. You needed to really get a boost on this road trip by beating up on the Marlins and then heading off to see to play a little better competition. Yeah, and the quote today from Jacob deGrom that would uh, – this uh, today is almost like um, yesterday was for the Yankees. Yesterday, the Yankees lose to the Orioles, which is depressing as it is, and then after the game, they find out that Garrett Cole has COVID, so he's not going to be around. Uh, today, you the Mets lose the Marlins, which is depressing enough because of the second straight game, and then you get the quote from deGrom when he was asked, is there any concern he'll miss the rest of the season? And the answer was – I would say no, not right now. It depends on hopefully the next image of the inflammation. That to me sounds like, yeah, there is some concern that I'm going to miss the rest of the season, right? If you're saying no, not right now, well, then you're you're opening the door for, yeah, there is a real possibility that there's there's obviously some concern that I'm going to miss. Now, as it stands right now, he's penciled in for another MRI on August 13th. Um, you're hoping that that inflammation kind of subsides and goes away from wherever it came from. But with the amount of, with the amount of things going wrong for the Mets right now and the amount of things that DeGrom himself has gone through in the course of this season, I would not be promo code Gordon that one uh, just yet that he's going to be back on the mound even when September rolls around. I agree. And I told you when this happened, for him to agree to go on the IL, it's bad. Yep. this was serious. Absolutely, yeah. This was serious because he's the one that fought them from putting him on the I.L. before. So for him to go on the I.L., you knew, you knew, you knew you had a feeling about this. So that is the Mets situation. So, you know, we'll get we'll get your thoughts on the Mets. 1-800-919-3776. When we return, Gordon, the Yankees played well tonight. Look at this slick double play at the end of the game. Oh, it's all clicking. Tomorrow they'll get shut out and have two hits. No question about it, Larry. (laughs) Brian Cashman was on the Michael K. show today. And. Here was the key phrase for me, okay, and I was very concerned. I was very concerned for Michael. When Brian Cashman said, paraphrasing the Yankee executive president and general manager, (laughs) when he said, this is kind of a negative interview, even though I know you're speaking for the fans. I was like, like, Ryan Rucco may be in the booth tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) We'll discuss next on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty and Damer back together again on 987 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Before we get to Cashman and Kay, how was the mornings, my friend? It was fun. You know, it's a little uh, adjustment period, obviously, and uh, the, the sleep pattern is, as I've described in the past, when you know you have to wake up at that time, it's 90 minutes and you wake up in a panic, in a cold sweat <laughs> thinking you've overslept. So every 90 minutes, no matter when you go to bed, you just know. Now, it's a little bit easier because there's no commuting involved, but uh, yeah, that, that's a little bit of an adjustment, but it's always good to work with Chris Canty. He's a great guy, and the guys they have running that show, they're a ton of fun, so... 
It was nice for the last couple of days, but, you know, Friday I go on vacation, so wow. in my mind, Larry, I'm already there, so, uh, you know. <laughs> Believe me, <laughs> Yankees, I understand. Yankees, nice, easy win tonight, you know. It's, it's, I'm, already, uh, I'm already cruising down, you know, so we'll, know. See, uh, we'll see what the next couple of days. But I wanted to be here for you tonight because, I, you know, when I saw the Met game last night, I said, boy, that's tough, and I thought to myself, you know, I could probably do the first hour, but that second hour – I'll be dragged. I'll be like a, an anchor around Larry's neck. He'll be asking me things, and I, I won't be there for him. So I said, you know what? I'll hold off last night, and then it's tonight. I said, I have to, I have to show up for Larry tonight. Well, I appreciate that, partner. And last night, thank God for free agency. Because, <laughs> yes. <laughs> because yes. I, <laughs> yeah, let's break down those Laker moves, can we? Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Oh, thank God. They didn't have to focus on the Mets that much. Thank God for free agency last night, even though – we had some pretty upset Nick fans. We'll talk about that next hour because of, you know, what they didn't do or haven't done yet. Right. Well, you know, free agent, I know it doesn't feel this way sometimes, but the NBA offseason is actually longer than just one day. That's right. That's right. That's right. So we'll talk about, we'll talk a little basketball because I want to get your thoughts on um, how the Knicks did and some of the other changes. I just can't believe Carmelo finally ended up with LeBron. I, I, I just can't believe it. That feels like one of those ones that we should have kind of expected, right? I mean, that yeah. seems like one that, that, we, that we've been talking about for a very long time. When he was when he was out of the sport, it seemed like, you know, why wouldn't his buddy pick him up and, and put him on? And, and clearly, I mean, can we remove any pretense from now until kingdom come that he, LeBron is the GM of the <laughs> Lakers? I mean, clearly he is the guy running the show, you know. I don't want to hear anybody else talk about how this person's running. The, no, it's LeBron's team. He's running the show, and he what he says goes. What he says goes, and the salaries are pretty important because he waited to. He really needed somebody at this point. I know he loves Carmelo, Gordon. I yep. know Carmelo's his boy, but he did. He, he wasn't worried about bringing him, getting him to Miami. wasn't worried nope. about getting him to Cleveland. No, nope. wasn't worried about getting him to L.A. before. Now that he and AD and Westbrook making all the money. Hey, Mello. <laughs> hey, buddy. Long time. No talk. What's going on? Where are you? Where are you at right now? Uh, you got a on, second? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fair weather friend, right? Yeah, business. Well. So it's business. It's just business, Gordon. It's not personal. Well, look, it's just business. I, someone else brought it up on Twitter, and it's an excellent point. If LeBron is able to get Mello and, and Westbrook a championship, that almost should count as like two titles for LeBron yeah. and his legacy, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> You're right. It might put him past Jordan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> it might, it might convince people, right? The, the, the last holdouts might finally be convinced. Yeah, especially because the average age on, 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 oh, that, on that team is like, what, 42? Yeah, that, that, that would have been a great team young. about 10 years ago. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. They, I mean – they're going to have a lot of commercials for some uh, some things for the older generation because they're going to have some old guys on that team. That regular season might be a little might be a little shaky at times. It's going to be uh, tricky. Yeah, there's no question about it. It's going to be tricky. Well, look, it's no secret that the Yankees have underachieved, and Brian Cashman. And listen, Gordon, we've taken the phone calls here. You've taken them on the yep, weekend on absolutely. your show. We know Yankee fans are done. They want no more Cashman. They want no more Boone. But it seems as though that Cashman may have bought probably a little time, Gordon, because we haven't spoken since, you know, he added uh, Gallo and uh, Rizzo. And Anthony Rizzo, yep. You know, so he's got two lefties. You know, Rizzo's been really clearly the better the better mm -hmm. performer so far. Rizzo, had, Gallo had a great defensive play last night in left field. 
But, you know, obviously it's been Rizzo. So with Cashman coming on the K-Show today, as I mentioned, it was an interesting interview. Uh, and Michael, as you know, doesn't pull any punches. He asks what he's going to ask. So one of the questions he asked was, which is very interesting, would you have made the Stanton deal if you knew he was just be a DH? Here's what the Yankee GM had to say. Well, when I traded for him, you know, I uh, traded for him with the thought process of him and, and Judge sharing a lot of time between right field and DH to protect them both. It just hasn't worked out that way, you know, over the course of time. And it certainly injuries have played a part on uh, Stan. So we acquired someone who's riding high as a prolific hitter. And when he's healthy, and especially when he's locked in, like we've seen, he goes on some pretty terrifying runs for the opposing pitchers that you know, they, they won't be able to navigate him. But, you know, at times, clearly we've had some injuries that have hit, and clearly we've had some stretches, you know, like. Uh, these great home run hitters have where they struggle too. So, but you know, in terms of going back, hey, if you're specifically answering whether I regret trading for him or not, I'm not going to answer questions like that. He's a Yankee. He's obviously one of many really talented players that we're hoping to get the most out of as we compete for a championship effort every year. And when he's locked in, like we saw he was in the postseason last year, he can carry a team past any pitcher that happens to be on the mound. And so, obviously, when you have locked in on that best version of himself, you know, uh, you wouldn't want anybody you know, different in the batter's box when he's locked in. So we're just trying to tap into that as much as we can. Uh, well, Stanton with a home run tonight has been Gordon. He has looked as lost at yep. the plate as, Absolutely. You, as I've ever seen him look. And he had to feel good about making a connection with that three-run home run tonight. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what the updated numbers are, but I, I know on Sunday uh, I ran what he would be projected to put up this year, and he was on pace for a season of 24 home runs and 73 ribbies. And in a season where he's on pace for 130 games, remember, before the season, I said, well, the only important stat for Stanton is games played. As long as he plays, he'll put up numbers. And shockingly, he has not put up numbers this year. So he now you're right. He has absolutely looked lost. But he is one guy that can flip that switch very quickly from looking completely lost to being absolutely on fire. So hopefully, I don't think it's going to, but hopefully this is the start of one of those hot stretches like he had earlier this year. No question about it because he can turn on. And listen, I give him credit. He, he played the outfield two games and made it. Yep, made it through somehow against all odds. No injuries as of yet. So that's always a good thing. Um, so helps. So- yeah, so the question for me is, did they did they really, when they traded for him, which I don't think Brian really answered, but when no. they traded for him, didn't they expect him to? I thought he was going to play some outfield, Gordon. I thought that, I remember the discussion being that, well, he'll play in some of the parks that have a smaller outfield, but the bigger outfields, you might have to DH him and put Brett Gardner in left field. So I don't know when this, well, how this came that he only DH'd. Well, I think it's the injuries. I think it's just simply the injuries. They are just so petrified, and rightfully so, given how important he is and has been to their lineup this year and and his injury history in the past, that they're just worried about – they want to put everything possibly in place to keep him healthy. Now, they they said back in spring training they did want him to play the outfield some, and that has taken a very long time. So now maybe possibly with Voight getting closer to being back – there is an actual benefit to him playing the outfield because now with Rizzo at first, now Voigt could play, you know, they could get his bat in the lineup as the DH if it's possible that either, you know, uh, Judge is sitting out and he plays right field or, or Rizzo, or excuse me, uh, Gallo's sitting out and he plays left field. 
But, yeah, I mean, there's a benefit to him playing the outfield at this point, but I do kind of worry every time I see him out there, is this the type of thing that's going to eventually lead him to being back on the IL? Because that has been a major factor. And if you listen to the Cashman statement, usually an answer like that, he would have said, no, I don't regret that trade at all. Mm-hmm. He didn't really say, no, mm-hmm. I don't regret that trade at all. He said, no, this is a guy on our team and I'm supporting him. Yeah, that's that, that to me is a different answer. answer. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I'm not going to deal with it. Interesting. The other question that um, I thought got might got Michael in trouble was about roster construction. Are you concerned with the way you put this team together? Here's what Brian Cashman had to say. I think we have a good team that just hasn't played up to their abilities at times. So I think there's, a, as I said, the collection of talent here that uh, individually, you know, some have played better than others and some have lived up to their consistent norms where others have a struggled to find their way for some reason. And I don't think that's necessarily a roster construction thing. I think it's part of the baseball world that, listen, you can't count on things even though you want to. You know, So you place your bet on, on good people that work their tail off, that have a great deal of talent, but despite all that, doesn't mean you'll get that payoff in the end. But as I said, we got two more months to obviously change that narrative, to push that disappointment behind us of you know subpar play for various positions and get back on track. Don't forget the way I feel like this is more of a negative interview which I understand you can ask questions on behalf of our fan base which is is a great conduit so I salute you know that but at the same time you know despite the more recent COVID outbreak we are on the verge of pushing ourselves back into you know a postseason team and we have come a long way from some really bad play. I was very concerned when I heard that. Gordon. Well, I mean, I, look, I don't know if Brian's kind of being a little sarcastic there. Or, I mean, these are has has no one ever asked him questions. About, I feel like the, the the lineup construction is something we've taken questions on every single day, and it's mm-hmm. a legitimate question. Absolutely. I mean, it's Absolutely. one of the major questions of like what we're wondering why this Yankee lineup, which was supposed to gloss over all the other maybe inadequacies that they had, has not performed at all this year. And I, I don't think you can just simply brush it off. When the two moves that you, the major moves you went out and, and made at the trade deadline were to bring in two lefty bats. Mm-hmm. That's right. So I, I don't know. I don't know if he's just being sarcastic there. Yeah, there's a lot of negatives to go around with the Yankees because they've not, you know, he says they haven't played well at times. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> That's right. Most of the time they have not. They have not played up to expectations. They had that one stretch where it seemed like they were starting to turn things around. And for all the talk about COVID or injuries. That Yankee lineup has been terrible this year. They have not come close to what they were expected. DJ LeMayhew, Glaber Torres, you know, it's always been a lineup that's had like one guy going maybe at a time, but not two or three. So uh, I don't know where, you know, maybe Brian, maybe it was a series of questions that Brian mm-hmm. maybe, you know, didn't particularly like, but that's a legitimate question. And if Brian didn't think he was going to be asked about the lineup construction of the New York Yankees, I would just like to know what world he's living in. I mean, lucky we didn't ask him why, why has it, what's going on with Florio? <laughs> yeah. Why yeah. Why, why is Brett Gardner playing as often as he is? Brian, he, he can't, this, the analytics, the, 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 the old time stats, none of them point to him performing at all. So I don't know. Um, I don't know that the roster construction is really that controversial of a topic. I agree. It's ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. A little heavy D on a Tuesday. You want some bad stats, Larry? Go. 
This is from Anthony DeComo, who obviously covers the Mets. Mets are yes. now six games under 500 in their last 46 games. Ugh. That seven-week stretch, that record, puts them uh, 22nd in the majors. And the last time a Mets starting pitcher recorded a win was July 23rd. Mets starting pitchers have four wins total in their last 47 games. Wow. I mean, and that, you know, is, is supposed to be one of the strengths and has been one of the strengths of the team this year, right? But no mm-hmm. DeGrom. Obviously, Walker has regressed, so there's been some issues there as well. But, uh, wow, not a, not a good look right now for the New York Mets. Is, um, all of a sudden, anything and everything they can do to give the Phillies and Braves some life, they are absolutely doing right now. Before we get to the phones and more on Cashman, Mets schedule, okay? Two more against Miami. Right. Right. Weekend at Philly. Okay. Big. Home uh, next week, uh, Tuesday the 10th, Wednesday the 11th, August 12th, against Washington. Then Friday the 13th, they begin, they bring it, uh, the Dodgers come in. <laughs> All right. It's perfectly fitting for Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. So they come in that weekend, August 16th, Mets go to Frisco, L.A., and then come yeah, back. Yeah, it's tough. Then come back late in August, August 24th, they come back hosting Frisco, Washington, and Miami going into the first week, first couple of days of September. I asked Canty this morning, by Monday, do the Mets still lead by themselves the, Amer- the National League East? He said yes. Obviously, you've got the benefit of, you know, 12 hours or so. Um what would you say? Monday, are the Mets still alone in first place in the National League East? Yes. Okay. Only because I think they will rebound against Philly. All right. And that will give them some breathing room. But much past that, Gordon, I, I don't think so. Yeah, look, I mean, if, if the <laughs> Mets, I know look, right now it doesn't feel like it's coming anytime soon, but if the Mets, all they would have to do here is just win like four or five in a row. And I mean, the, the way that the Phillies and Braves have played this year, that might kind of put you out of reach again. I mean, you've been riding a streak that you had, what, basically in May? Yeah. Early June? That's right. And now you're into August. You've not played good baseball, and, and still, you, you still have a lead. I mean, you have not lost it as of yet. Now, you have to pick things up. you got to play better than this, but... Um, yeah, I mean, these are these are all of a sudden. This weekend is all of a sudden critical time for the New York Mets. I mean, the way the Mets have played, they should be, they shouldn't even be close to first place. Right? No, absolutely, <laughs> should but, be close. Look, look, you know, sometimes you, you know people think luck means that it's uh, you know you're 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 shooting somebody down or it's a negative. Every good team needs some luck, and True. the fact that the Mets are playing in the National League this the National League East this year is a little lucky, but. You've got to be able to be the team that takes advantage. Somebody's going to win that division, yeah. and whoever it is is going to take advantage of the luck of being in that division this year. That's right, and they better because because if you if you don't if you don't win it, you're not going anywhere. You're going home. Yep. Because that, that 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 wild card is not coming from that division. That wild card is coming from the West. It's either it's going to be the, the Dodgers, Giants, or Padres. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, you you know that uh, that it, I mean, I would think that at some point the Giants are not going to hold on to that division, but it certainly seems you know they're they're still doing it, right? I, I've yeah. been doubting them for the in almost the entire season. So you're talking about a wild card game of the Padres and the Dodgers. Mm. I mean, that is that one is game. absolutely wild. One, one game, one game elimination. Uh, one of those teams is going home. That's amazing. It's going right? to be fun.
Let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Bruce is in Flushing. Hey, Bruce, you're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. Bruce. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, Bruce. Yeah, we hear you, Bruce. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Um, Talk about the Yankees. One negative point and two positive points. First of all, on the negative side, now, I'm not a general manager, never claimed to be one. I do have the eye test. How the heck can Brian Cashman say that that Brett Gardner is a better option I have and no Greg idea. <laughs> I have no idea, Bruce. No idea. I have absolutely no clue how he can say that. <laughs> it just boggles the mind. Cashman just refuses to admit when he's wrong. And and even during the interview with Michael Kay, he, he, he was like saying, well, the only reason why we've been criticized was because we're losing. If we're winning... They didn't criticize last year when we were winning. Well, yes, we did. How many times? <laughs> I don't know if Brian's before? listening to the station. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it just drove me quite crazy. Now, the positive points. Now, Larry, I've been calling you for a long time. Mm-hmm. And you know I follow the minor league leagues very closely. Yep. I knew about Lewis Gill Hill. And I was afraid you were going to trade him off in the. Deadline, they didn't. So tonight didn't surprise me. But who the heck is this kid from Colmac? I thought one of the guys from Tampa was pitching in a Yankee uniform. Yeah, big guy, right? Six yeah. eight, big big the guy. Big fella. First, first pitch he throws in the majors is a hundred and one. I mean, yeah, he he certainly was bringing gas tonight. I, I got to be honest, Bruce. I don't think I've ever heard his name before. To, you know, before today, before they called him up. But I was watching the game, and look, I mean, he's a young player. Maybe he'll have his moments here down the road. But I was sitting there thinking to myself, why, why haven't I seen this guy before? Because um, he was, he was. I guess it's the Orioles. I get it, but I mean, he has some big time stuff. It reminded me, um, Larry. I don't know if you remember this kid. Remember Mark Hutton, six foot seven, six foot yeah, eight, sure. came from Australia, mm-hmm. had, had a good couple of weeks, and then he had an arm injury or whatever. But that, that's reminding me of, and you know, this, the uh, uh, Lewis Hill. Remember when El Duque was brought up? David Cohn's dog bit him, and 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 they brought up El Duque. And nobody knew what what to expect from him, and he and and, and that was the turning point because he never went back down again. Yeah, yeah. This kid's not going back to the miners at least for another several weeks unless he bombs in the mound. Because at the moment, the Yankees have three starting pitchers. And this kid is easily has to pitch next Sunday, unless Brian Cashman doesn't think he's any good either. <laughs> You're right, Bruce. No, he's. He, I mean, he's got to. He'll be I up mean, for a while. Thanks yeah, for the poke I would think so. I mean, he'll be up. I, I mean, it made me think. Why? Why? Why hasn't he been up here? But you send a guy who throws four wild pitches and won it back. Well, I mean, I, I know <laughs> the 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 kid heel. Um, Obviously, Yankee fans, if you follow the, their minor league system at all, and I don't follow it that closely as Bruce does, but um, that's a name that you've heard quite a bit. I mean, I, coming into the season, he was either the fifth or sixth best prospect in uh, on the organization. Uh, he had a reputation as someone who can throw very, very hard uh, and with very little effort. It doesn't look like it takes him a lot to throw as hard as he does, uh, but obviously, like so a lot of young guys, has some trouble controlling it 
trouble with walks at times. But tonight, uh, that was that was impressive, and he looked like a guy who belonged. Right? It yeah. didn't look like he was. Ner- I mean, we say seen some other guys in the Yankees where they look like they, you know, <laughs> they would rather be anywhere, but then on the mound in that moment. Maybe part of that is that the Yankees' offense went out and scored him some runs, but he looked right from jump like he, he belongs here. So, yeah, I mean, the Yankees don't have a lot of great options now with both uh, Cole and Montgomery on the IL because of the COVID. He's, I mean, after what he did tonight, he's obviously the best one. No question about it. Lee's in Manhattan. Hey, Lee, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Brother Larry. Hey, Lee. I see you got a special guest sitting in with you this evening. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm called to other places, so, you know, what am I supposed to say? No, Lee, you know? I see you got a special guest sitting in with no, you this evening, not Brother Larry. I wanted to be here for my friend because I, I would expect, you know, if he has to do two hours talking about the Mets repeatedly, you know, he's not going to feel too good. So I wanted to, you know, hey, hey, come hey, in, Gordon, tell a joke. Much love, man, much love. I heard you this morning, man. I didn't want to let you know, listen, you know where your home is, man. That's right. You know, no doubt about it. You know what side your bread is buttered on, man. Absolutely. Okay? But, Larry, just like last night, man, we talked about it. Okay? Yep. With the Mets and not being able to score runs. Look at the opportunity that the Mets had tonight, okay, in which not only to score runs but to really even blow this game open. Okay? Uh, as a fan, but yet to the Mets players as professionals, you've got to figure out how to start playing this small ball game in order to start producing some runs, okay? Because your pitching is not going to save you right about now, okay? That we understand. It's up to y'all that's out there on the field every day, okay, knowing that y'all got the opportunities and not taking advantage of it. But also, Larry, mm-hmm. I didn't comment last night, and I said that I wouldn't, but now I can make this comment tonight mm-hmm. as it pertains to the Knicks. Yep. And it's a simple question. Who do you think will get to New York first, Daylil, Zion, or Bradley Beal? Have a good one, gentlemen. Who's the first one, Lee? I'm sorry, who's the first one? Daylil. All right, Lee, thanks for the phone call. Um I got to be honest with you, Gordon. I don't see Damian Lillard coming here. I, Larry, you and I are in lockstep. I, don't I, see I know. I, I know Stephen A. has has been on record, and he knows Damian Lillard. That if he's able to force his way and, and request a trade, the number one place he wants to go, Stephen A. said, was to the Knicks. All that tells me is that Damian Lillard is going to be back in Portland next year. Yeah. Uh, I don't see him. I don't see him coming to the Knicks this offseason. I don't um, see it, and and Bradley Beal. Pro, I would say Bradley Beal only because next year he's a free agent. Yeah, I, I would say if I if I'm just looking at the individual guys, uh, there's the, always the kind that, of been that thing about Zion in New York. Yeah. You've seen him when he's been here, big smile yeah. and all that type of stuff, and, yeah. and the moves that the Pelicans are making. I don't know that. The, I mean, it would be it, it it's been proven to be very difficult to keep stars there. Yes, and nothing that they have done has. <laughs> <laughs> made me think that Zion is going to be the exception to that rule. If I were in New Orleans, I would make sure that, that Zion uh, does not reach out to Anthony Davis. Oh, keep him away from any <laughs> Olympic team or anything like that exactly. because that's where that stuff gets going. Because, you know, he, he, can, he can relate. 
He'll talk to AD. AD will tell him what it's like down there. So yep. from a sign and trade, from a trade situation, possibly. But, I mean, listen, look at this Nick roster. Do they have what it takes for you to, to make a deal for Damian Lillard? I mean, you'd have to send I, every draft choice you've got. You're not trying yeah, to do that. No. Um, I don't see it. Look, we'll have to see what the money is because there's been some reports that that the deals the Knicks have handed out this offseason, that's not all guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, the, the appeal of Damian Lillard and, and the reason oh. that Steven gave for why it would be different is because he, and why he would want to come to the Knicks is because he is confident that with the Knicks in New York at the Garden, he would be able to convince other superstars to come here. Um, but the problem is there's none of those superstars that are free agents. So right. whoever they are, you'd have to trade for them. You'd have to trade for Lillard. Um, the Knicks are not really set up. Again, you'd have to right. You'd have to rip apart this team pretty. And now look, I'm I'm all for going to getting Dame Lillard if Absolutely. you can get him. Sure. But if you bring him here and you don't surround him with anything more, I mean, what's the difference between here and, and Portland? Right. He still would have more in Portland. Yeah. <laughs> right. He still would have more in Portland. You know. So I, I just don't see it. Now listen, I don't want him to stop trying. No. I want him to keep calling. Right. Keep Absolutely. Don't put the do not disturb on the on the door. I'm not saying that, but I'm not uh, I'm not confident that that's going to happen this offseason. I'm not either. I'm not either. Analytics are used here. It's not the end all and be all. It's not the governor that drives every decision that people think. And it doesn't matter if you get Aaron Boone on the phone to deny that he does his lineups from the front office because he doesn't. He does his lineups from his chair. And you can get Joe Girardi, the prior manager, or Joe Torrey, the prior manager before that. There's not one of those guys could say they were directed to play a guy in order to play a lineup. It's never happened. And I've been the same general manager every step of the way. But again, none of that's going to matter. The only thing that matters is if we win. And if we win, everybody's happy. And if we lose, and all things are under review and some of it's going to be guilty as charged and accurate but there's a lot of things people don't know and they just kind of fall in line with whatever the comfortable narrative happens to be at that moment in time and even if it's not an accurate one brian cashman in his interview with michael k on the michael k show earlier today about analytics gordon i understand what he's saying get back to the phones in a second i understand what he's saying but is there a possibility that Rizzo would not be in the lineup tomorrow <laughs> because he's yeah. doing so well. <laughs> because well, of analytics. Gotta, I mean, we got to shift things around to get Brett Gardner back in there, Larry. I mean, you know, he had his off tonight. I mean, you got to get him back in. So um, I mean, there's a lot of things that that it, it feels like. And again, I'm sure that no one is saying to Aaron Boone, you must play this guy, you must play that guy. But that's not the way things operate in life a lot of times. Like, there's times where your boss, you've had other bosses where they they say things to you and you know that that's important to them. So you're going to rely on what those things are that you know that they want done. And it just kind of carries down. I'm sure that Brian Cashman is not telling um, Aaron Boone or the analytics department is telling Aaron Boone who to specifically play on specific games or which relievers to specifically pitch in what lane that they're in. But you know, Aaron Boone knew the deal coming in here that it was going to be a collaborative effort. So, yeah, he, I don't think that Aaron Boone is ever going to be looking at the information given to him and saying, no, nah, I'm going with my gut tonight, guys. No. Mm-mm. So he may not be – He they may not tell him – who to put in the lineup, but they're telling them who's not going to be in the lineup, yeah. who's not I mean, going to be available, which is Gordon, 
uh, you know, kind of the same thing. Right. I mean, if they if they're telling I don't know what they're exactly saying, but if they're saying, well, you know, against this kind of pitcher, uh, this guy here has uh, is doing very well early in the count and his exit velo plays well in this situation. You know, I don't know what the exact thing that they say, but you know that whatever the charts are that they're being given are going to be heavily numbered based on what the Yankees analytics staff believes. And Aaron Boone was going to be able to read those and say, "Okay, well, this is this is probably who you should play. Right. I mean, it's all one. And I'm not saying that I want a situation where Aaron Boone's like, this is crap. I'm not following any of this. You know, you want everybody to be on the same page, but it would feel like it would be a little bit better situation if there was a little pushback sometimes over some things that it doesn't really seem like um, are based in reality. Like the resting of guys after they have big games, after they're hitting two home runs, three home runs, the next day they get the day off or the amount of rest that certain guys need I mean, you got to show me where the evidence is that that keeps these guys healthy because a lot of them, those are the guys that get hurt most. That's right. It's true. It's true. Omar's in Brooklyn. Omar, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, how are you guys? Omar. Two times in one week for me. This is crazy. I know. I know. You love me. I know. I know. Go ahead. Here. Last year, I made a prediction that Brooklyn Nets, and you said you're going to root for Brooklyn Nets. I told you, oh, you're going to bet that Brooklyn Nets are not going to win the title. So I was right. So I uh, he you also like, said Kawhi oh, Leonard was coming to the Knicks. Who was closer? <laughs> Listen, Kawhi Leonard coming to the Knicks. If, if Kawhi Leonard was healthy and they would have lost, that was a different story. He got injured, so oh, okay. I have no option. About to. If Chris Paul would have won the title, that's a different story. So Kawhi Leonard getting injured and they go into the Western Conference Final is the reason that he's staying there. If he would have mm. played and lost, that's a different story altogether. Uh, uh, let's go to now. My prediction up to the time that whatever they are selected. Los Angeles Lakers, I am not saying about Brooklyn Nets. Los Angeles Lakers are not winning the title this year. Write it down before the season. They can count up, bring in Rudy Gay, bring in whatever they want, LeBron James. They were wanting the bubble because they got four months off, uh, three and a half, four months off in the playoffs. That's why the Bronze game was able to perform. If we would have stayed the same year with the same thing and uh, there was not a break, LeBron James would not have been able to perform the way he performed in the playoffs. So it's a bubble victory, and he's old. Camelo Anthony is like, I like him. I want him to win the title, but sorry, Camelo, you cannot go and start searching the uh, uh, ring that you already played. And uh, I wanted you, uh, as Camelo Anthony fan, I wanted to come to New York Knicks so do, you can uh, have a Hall of Fame uh, as a New York Knicks. I think two times, three times, you already messed up with Phil Jackson all the time that you uh, tried to play, why me, why me, why me? I said you matured up and you wanted to come back because Denver is not giving you Hall of Famer. The only thing is the Knicks fan will give you a Hall of Famer, but you did that to us when you had a chance to come in and lead it against coming from the bench. But you choose Lakers here, Camelo Anthony. Go to the Lakers. You ain't winning the title. Write it down. All right, Omar. Thanks for checking in. I got to be honest with you, Gordon. I, I didn't, as a Knicks fan, I didn't want to see Carmelo come back. No, that, that ship is sailed. Why would I do And why no. would he do that? Why would he right. want it, to come back I don't in know. this scenario? No. I mean, could you see him and Tom Thibodeau? I mean... Does that seem like a match that's no. that's a good match? No. no. 
Not at this stage of his career. I think, you know, for Carmelo, the Lakers is the right spot. Mm-hmm. You know, what has he not done? He's not won a title. This is probably his best shot to do so. The Lakers, look, they got a lot of age. They got a lot of issues that they're going to have to kind of manage their way through. But they got LeBron. They got uh, uh, Anthony Davis. And they're going to put some guys around them. And they're gearing up for a run. I mean, it's clear. They are gearing up for a deep run next year. And if they are healthy, they pr- I haven't taken a look at what the odds are lately, but mm-hmm. I'm sure that they are either two or three in terms of the NBA title odds for next season. Especially with Rustbrook there. And, and, the, and the thing that's real interesting about that is how he'll be able to push that tempo a little bit if you're a Laker fan. You'll you'll enjoy the fact that he's he he's a one man fast break. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, yeah. He'll put his head down and he'll go. Uh, no Caruso, no Pope. The, there's a number of folks though that no Kuzma. Um, you know those guys they they gave him a chance, and uh, you know they didn't do anything. And you know one of those guys, I could, did you see Gordon where Dennis Schroeder was asking for twenty five million a year? <laughs> well, look, you can always ask, Larry. I mean. <laughs> you know. Have you, did you watch you play last year? Uh, it, it, it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, so uh, you in the NBA with some of the money, you can't get too caught up in it because it's just it's just so over the top, and 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 it's not for the the big guys, right? Like if yeah. it was LeBron that was getting, I don't even know what sixty million dollars a year. That's out, off the charts, but he's LeBron, right? Like he should be able to make sixty million dollars a year. Exactly. Twenty five exactly. million dollars for Dennis Schroeder. $87 million for Evan Fournier. I like Evan Fournier, but it's certainly mm-hmm. not a bargain. I can tell I mean, no, $19 no. million? And once again, I don't begrudge them asking for money. No, not at all. I Ask don't. for make whatever as you much can money, get. Make but, as much as you right. can. But what I'm saying is there's not exactly a bunch of people fighting over you. No. So you got to watch out. You have there's people bidding for you, like Fournier. There were people bidding. The Knicks, Celtics kind of wanted them back. You know, so there were people, there was at least two people bidding for you. The Lakers don't want you back. I would okay, also so- like to go on record as asking for $25 million. If anybody is willing to pay me $25, I will play basketball games on the moon. Speaking of playing, I want to find out how much LaGreca paid you to play at the Mark uh, Sassel softball. Oh, I game, do. That, that's game. fun. That's just for benefit fun. Game. You know? Yeah, that's well, just yeah, for but fun. You were, I heard you made some oh. money plays. How do you like that? I, 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 was, I was all over the place. I, I was know, I uh, in right field. I was in the dugout. I was back in right field. I was back in the dugout. <laughs> a lot of shutdown innings for me, Larry. A lot of shutdown innings. Versatility is your middle name. Yes, we'll continue the conversation next on 9870 This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Thanks for joining us for the second hour of a Tuesday night edition of ESPN New York Tonight. 1-800-919-3776. Mixed bag. Gordon and I have been chatting a little baseball, a little basketball. We'll talk some football here. I, <laughs> Gordon, I hear that there was some yelling and screaming at Giant Training Camp today. Well, they are the fighting Joe judges, right? So yeah. it was to be expected at some point there's going to be some fights. Now, this oh. one apparently seemed like it was an all-out brawl. It seemed like the, the scene from Anchorman when everybody's just getting into the mix. <laughs> this sounded like it was all. a good one. Oh, man, I love these. I, I love nothing. There's nothing like a good training camp fight, except when your quarterback 
is in the middle of it. Yeah, that's that's, not, that's not, not what you want. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if that oh. if, if something had happened to him mm-hmm. at the bottom of the pile? Oh my God, what a disaster that would have been. Would have been. Really would have been. We'll talk about that within the hour here on 987 ESPN. Let's go back to the phones. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey Buddha, you're next on 987. Hey gentlemen, how you doing this evening? Buddha. Listen, you know what? Um I, I was going to listen to the Brian Cashman um questionnaire, whatever you want to call it, interview. But I checked out, man. I gotta be quite honest with you, man. When I hear him talk now, it's the same thing like with Fisdale, it's the same thing like with Adam Gase. It's the same thing like with Todd Bowles. You know, it's the teacher from Peanuts. You know, womp, 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 womp. I mean, where, where's this team going? Even if they sneak in into the second wild card spot, I mean, the best thing would have been if this thing bottomed out. I mean, this is just, this is so frustrating to be in this position with this team in this time. This is the one team you could depend on. You know, that you could stick your chest out, man. When you went out and visit your family in other states, this is the one team you had. You know, unbelievable, man. You know, but my focus has shifted, you know, clearly to the NFL. Uh, you know, even the Knicks talk at a certain point. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm not a Knicks fan. You know, I don't root against them. But it is what it is. You know, they are what they are. There's not going to be any monumental changes from this year to next year. you got two teams in this town where everything is totally optimistic. They're both 500, 0-0. You know, it's the Giants. You know, I don't root for them, but I don't root against them. And then it's the Jets. Now, with the Jets, um, you know, it's great to hear all these things about Zach Wilson. You know, he's looking great in seven-on-sevens, all these different things. You know, and then I hear Nick Foles in the press conference, like, basically pleading for the Indianapolis Colts and Frank Wright to take him back. So, clearly, he doesn't want to come here to be a backup to Zach Wilson. And I just want to ask you guys the question. Is there anybody available who has any type of merit, who who, has, who holds some type of salt that could be a backup that, God forbid, if Wilson wasn't ready to play or if he gets nicked up, could go in here and actually start for us? Because they let Bridgewater go. For some reason, I don't know, the Jets don't like Teddy Bridgewater. They, they, they just don't. There's been two or three times that we could have had him here in, you know, a, a, a lead-in to a starter role, uh, something. And they just refuse to sign him. Uh, the two guys that they have, you know, you, you hope to God that they don't ever throw a pass in the NFL. And it's just, I don't want the same thing to happen again where, you know, you got this young kid coming here, whether or not he's more mature or better than Sam Donald, time will tell that. But if you put him in the same position that you put Sam Darling, don't you think there's a chance that they could work out the same way? Yes. <laughs> I do. And that's why they are uh so desperately hoping that this offensive line is gonna be able is going to improve. Because you know, that's that's the major thing. So, you know, there's there's I mean, I I thought Alex Smith was gonna be the guy, Gordon, and, and Buddha but perfect guy kind but of, it's yeah. not him no. um but there was somebody who just got released because some because i can't think of who it was and 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 his name was mentioned and i can't think of who it was let me see if i can come up with it i don't remember who it was do you know who, remember who it was gordon there was a quarterback i think he used to be in jacksonville 
Well, Gardner Minshew is still in Jacksonville. Right, but he was um, in before Minshew when they when they um, were when they went to the um, when they went to the to deep in the playoffs. When they went, oh, um, oh, uh, Bortles, Blake yes. Bortles. Bortles was. I heard Bortles was uh, available. Somebody, he yeah, was so, let go by who, somebody. Who just who just got rid of him? Somebody just got rid of him because they just signed somebody. Yeah, some, exactly. Um, and so, so I thought that maybe he would be a person because at least he's he may not be great, but at least he's no. got some experience. Yeah, and he's been around the block. Um, I think that the problem is is that. Um, Oh, it was uh, when uh, Rodgers resigned with the Packers. Exactly. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's pretty clear that if you take that job as the backup, you're never going to play. You know, the, the team is, it never wants you to play. And not that they ever want any backup player. But I think that what, what Buddha is saying is he wants somebody who has the capability of playing and winning games. I don't mm-hmm. think that that's the direction. I don't think that that's what the focus is for the Jets. No. I think it would be more somebody to kind of help Zach Wilson kind of learn the ropes as he goes and learn what it's like going through an NFL season, what it's like being a franchise quarterback, helping him evolve, you know, almost like McCown was for, for, for Sam. Maybe uh, he could, maybe he'll come back. Was he backing look, up in Houston? The Jets now? pay him really well. I mean, he's, he's done all right by the Jets. So is he, start, I mean, is he starting in Houston now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's crazy. Uh, that I would have thought that they would have kind of had this worked out by now. I agree. It's kind of weird that they don't have someone. Now, look, they, I'm, I'm sure as camp goes along, there'll be some names that do get released, and, and mm-hmm. maybe they can find someone. And it, it, it's not something that they're they're putting obviously a huge amount of fo- you know the focus is on other areas right now. But right, uh, you would like to think that they would have some better backup plan than two guys that if you see either of them in the game, the Jets have lost for a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you have no confidence in either. No. I mean, you'd like to have somebody that has at least played. You know, for a backup quarterback, I don't want him to be able to win week in, week out, but I would like for him to be able to come into a game at that point and at least, you know, if you got a lead, nurse the lead, maybe be able to lead you back at some point. You know, you have some mm-hmm. level of confidence this guy's at least performed before on that stage. Can he give me a drive that can give right. me a field goal to win right. a game? Exactly. If my guy gets hurt. That's what I want. That's all I want. And these two guys – uh, I don't think they can do it. No, no. That's why it was so it. important to get Wilson into camp because before, you know, <laughs> without Wilson in camp, you were just wasting your time. I mean, what, right. what, what are we doing here? It's true because these guys are never going to play. No. Anthony's in the Bronx. What's up, Anthony? You know, as a big, thanks for taking the call. Um, as a big Knicks fan, I, I can't be more disappointed about this whole free agency. And, and it really opened my eyes to see that as, 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 difficult as it is to come to the realization of the Knicks are just still not a destination for premier free agents. But what premier I mean, free agents did you want them to get, Anthony? Like did, premier did, free it's agents. It's not even wanting them to get them, Gordon. It's did you even hear their name mentioned with those free agents? But but who? Did you hear Kyle Lowry at all say anything about the Knicks? DeMar DeRozan? None of these guys. I, I, but is DeMar I mean, DeRozan a, a premier free agent? This year he was. This year he was, yes. And they just weren't on – the Knicks weren't even on the radar. And they have this pipe dream from Stephen A. Smith, God bless him, who is saying this whole Damian Lillard thing. Damian Lillard's not coming to the Knicks. They don't have anything to offer the Blazers that would compensate them enough for Damian Lillard. Who are they going to give them? R.J. Barrett? So- R.J. So, Barrett at best is a rotational player. So He's Anthony, a rotational player. So, Anthony, with that same logic, 
that you just had, right? Why would a free agent want to come here? Using your same I'm logic. I'm you guys could tell me that. Well, it's very simple. It's year one. I want to come here. It's but, but it's year one, Anthony. It's year one. You just you just became a relevant team. You just became – you just have a front office that people around the league respect. So it's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. Thanks for the phone call. It doesn't change right away. Okay, yeah. you have to – Gordon, you said it before. This is the beginning of the rebuild. The rebuild is not over. Right. Yeah, this I is mean, the beginning. You can't be picking out the, the, the color of the cabinets or the color of the countertops in the kitchen when you don't have walls yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, we got to have walls. we got to have a roof. And it, it, I know Nick fans are not wanting to be patient, and I can kind of see what they're saying in terms of we had all this cap space, and mm-hmm. essentially we brought back the exact same group along with Evan Fournier. I mean, mm-hmm. this, is, this is what the, the, the most cap space in the league gets you back. I hear you. But do you have any faith at all in the regime that's running the Knicks right now? Because you did during the season. And if you had some faith in them during the season, they are working with a balancing act, I think. I think that they want to be able to put a, a, a decent product on the court right now, a winning product on the court right now, but not at the expense of the flexibility to be able to go out and make that big move when it becomes available. But it's got to become available. Exactly. You can't force it. You can't just say, well, you know what? We got all this cap space. And everything else be damned. Um, this team is not, they're not one player away. No, they're not. And once again, and I know it's like, yeah, Larry, I know you're right. Once again, here's what they did. Three-year deals, not fully guaranteed. Right. Okay. Evan Fournier, four-year deal. The fourth year is a team option. Okay. So you don't have these guys tied up long-term. They reached out. They obviously found out, Gordon, that they weren't going to get the guys they wanted, so they signed the people they had to not lose them. Uh, And they still have a chance to get more people. I mean, you know, like you said, it's more than one day. Free agency is more than one day. And honestly, did you really want – is DeMar DeRozan really the final answer to what you need? Kyle Lowry, I mean, the, I mentioned Kyle Lowry as, a, as just as one of the free agents that were that was a free agent point guard, and people were like, I don't want no Kyle Lowry. He's 37 years old. I don't want Kyle Lowry. Right. For. I mean, yeah. I, I don't really think that this was the year to be able to go out and, and point to specific free Now, next year, next offseason, it does seem like there's going to be a lot of free agents in that class. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the next, it seems like, are going to have the, the flexibility to be able to move stuff around if it does turn out that these, ga- these contracts are not all guaranteed. And if it happens during the season that some you know disgruntled superstar becomes available, then they'll be able to jump there as well. But I don't think that they wanted to sacrifice what they built up in this first year. Again, they won 41 games in a shortened season. Now, they might not be the fourth seed next year. Nope. And I, and I don't think that they closed the gap in any way between themselves and the top teams. And I don't even know if they closed the gap between themselves and, and what the Heat will be or what the Celtics will be. But I do think that they want, they're trying to pull off a little bit of a balancing act. And considering how previous regimes went all in right away when it wasn't really the time to go all in and how badly that turned out, I'm okay with being a little patient and keeping some flexibility. Yeah. Because you want to be able to get who you need. And once again, yeah, I know Evan Fournier is not exactly a superstar. But then again, Gordon, he's a better shooter than, than Reggie Bullock. Yeah, and, absolutely. And didn't we need somebody? We, what, we, what did we say all year? Boy, if we sure had some three-point makers. Well, guess what? 
you have one. And now when you look at your starting five, it clearly they've got to do something at point guard. We understand Absolutely. that. Absolutely. We, we don't expect that Derrick Rose is going to be your starting point guard. That's the fallback. But, I mean, let's say, for example, as of right now, he, he would be. So look at this. Julius Randle has two other scorers with him as options. So now I don't, I, I'm not depending on Julius Randle. Is, what did we say last year? Going, Boy, if Julius Randle doesn't score, we're losing this game. Yep, absolutely. you got some other options now. And that's what you want, more options to take the pressure off him. And I they're think, not done. I think that the Nets, the way that they were able to pull off what they did, has set a completely unrealistic standard for mm-hmm. what Nick fans think that they're re- – that, that is not typical. That's no. atypical. To be able to have one year where you had a decent season and then two of the best – top 10 players in the sport say, you know what, we're going there. That was always going to be an unrealistic goal. Uh, so I would say get that out of your head and, and, and think about making improvements. And now look, if they get to opening night and this is the roster, well God then absolutely we'll yell and scream. and we'll. But I don't think Leon Rose is sitting at his desk right now with his feet up smoking a cigar and say, all right, that's our team. We're good to go. I think that they're probably still working on stuff. I do. I do as well. <laughs> It's ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Top of the hour, Freddie and Fitz will continue the conversation. Oh, they'll tell you about the Giants brawl for it all. They'll tell you what's going on in the NFL. Update you on the NBA free agency. Yes, it's true. Carmelo's wearing purple and gold with LeBron. All that stuff. But right now, it's a very becoming a very popular segment on ESPN New York tonight. It's called Answers with Aaron, starring Gordon Day. A happy edition of Answers with Aaron. Yes. I don't know that we've had many of these. No, this is a happy blowout edition. I don't think we've ever had one of those. <laughs> I'm so pretty this, confident we've never had one of yeah, those. I know, because how often have there been no. blowouts? <laughs> I think this is the first time in a month they've scored double-digit runs. Uh, and what usually follows? Yeah, they're going to get three hit tomorrow. <laughs> All take right, so the under, people. Take, take the under. Take the under, right? <laughs> Be smart. Promo code Gordon. Remember when you do. All right, so Gordon, here's our first one from Aaron yeah. Boone. And the question he was asked was, how good is it to see Stanton get hits? How good is it to see Giancarlo Stanton get hits? How good is it to feel? Well, I mean, he's going to say, obviously, oh, real good. You know, to get G going with a three-run home run. He's been a guy that's been scuffling here for a little while. But a lot of guys had some good at-bats tonight up and down the order. We had Aaron get going. We had uh, some guys have a lot of big performances tonight. And hopefully this is the kind of breakthrough that we need because we need nights like that and we need wins like that. All right, now once again in the spirit of the Olympics, Mm-hmm. JP and Brian the Brain are in the studio. They will give you the scorecard, you know, so they will give you from 1 to 10 how close you are to what Aaron Boone says. Okay, so guys, here we go. Aaron Boone was asked, how good is it to see Giancarlo Stanton get hits? Yeah, nice. Um, you know, it's been a little bit of a down month for, for G. Um, so, and, and obviously we know when he gets rolling well, you know, he can – he can carry us, and he's so so critical to the middle of our lineup. So, for him to get um, you know a big base hit early on, 
as, as part of that big rally we had and then and then the stick one in the seats the other way it's good to see I thought he got off I thought he got some good swings off um, on the weekend in Miami um, you know and then didn't have much yesterday but today uh, I felt like got a lot more good swings off and hopefully it's something that he can continue because uh, we know what he means to our, to our lineup. All right, let's go to the judges, Gordon. I'll give right. my score late. Let's go to the judges. Uh, JP, Brian, what would you think? I think I'm going to give Gordon a nine because he even said the nickname, G. said G, right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's, an e- that's an easy one. That's an easy nickname. So yep. when you get the nicknames, I give you a nine. JP? I'm going to give him an eight. I mean, Gordon is always on point, and I feel like he hasn't been wrong yet. But, you know, can't be Not perfect. up to my standard. Yeah, I set a very lofty standard. can't be perfect. Standard. Exactly. Yeah, no, I understand. That's a fair, that's a fair, uh, fair judging. Uh, Gordon, I'll give you 9.5. Oh, wow. That's very high. Nine I feel five. like these, these are very good scores. I, I don't feel like I really nailed that one as well as maybe I should have. You know, usually anytime somebody does well, he'll always say that he saw this coming in the previous game. I didn't really think of that ahead of time. I probably should have said, you know, he's been having some good at-bats here. Uh, I liked what he did over the weekend. I didn't think of that ahead of time, so I probably should have included that. Bad miss by me. But, you know, look, still good grade, so I'll take it. All right, here's the next one, Gordon. Aaron Boone was asked after the game, what can you attribute the 13 runs to? Well, just guys having good at-bats up and down the order. Um, I, I think I'd probably use a lot of the same talking points from the last question, right? Uh, you know, we got G going with the big home run. We got Aaron hitting one in the seats as well. And we're going to need nights like this. We need to get our lineup going. There's not been that many of nights like this lately. And these are the type of nights that you expect when you have the names in the lineup and the trust that you have in the names of the lineup like we have with this Yankee lineup this year. Aaron Boone, on what can you attribute the 13 runs to? Just everyone kind of having good at bats up and down the order. Um, you know, we got a, the three-run homer from G later in the game, and, and obviously Aaron hit one there in the end, but we were able to string a lot of hits together there in, in what was it, the third inning or so um, by a lot of good at bats um, up and down the order, and then, you know, able to add on a little bit which was nice to see you know I mean we haven't had a lot of those lopsided games um, this year and it's it's nice to have one of those guys it's nice to see the guys continuing to pour it on and 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 just you know have quality at bats but when you have a night like that you're, you're obviously getting contributions from from the entire group and that was the case all right JP Bryant what say you as the judges Ooh, I want to say eight I wish he named more players. That's not that's not Gordon's fault because he, he should have named more players, but he didn't this time. He just okay. named – he said G. That's it. Okay, got it. JP? Uh, first things first, I don't know if I've seen Aaron Boone and Gordon in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> I did have good at-bats up and down the order. I mentioned Stanton and his home run. I think he, he, I think he mentioned Judge there as well. Yeah, he, he did. did. Uh, yeah. So I, I want to say eight, eight and a half for me. It's okay. about the same. He's a, he did a little better this time, but, you know, okay. it's about on par. Gordon, I think you're equally as good. I'm giving you another 9-5. Oh, beautiful. Look at this, Larry. Larry Larry takes care of me. That's nice. Last one. All right. This one might be tough. Okay. Aaron Boone was asked about holding the O's to one run while having three players make their major league debut. 
<sighs> Three guys making his major league debuts and holding them to one run. Uh, well, I, I'm guessing that he'll probably hit on all three of the guys. I'm just trying to think of what the possible nicknames would be for the three guys. <laughs> so uh, say, so give me the question again. What how, what was the the key to holding? on holding on holding the O's to just one run? All right. While having three players make their Major League Baseball debut. Yeah, it was great to see some young guys coming in. It obviously all starts with Louie, you know, getting that strike one, pounding the zone, had the control, had the demeanor on the mound that you're looking for and really felt comfortable early on. Ridings came in there, high-velocity stuff, impressive Impressive stuff, impressive demeanor, and then we go to Coney. He came in and closed the door. So we believe in our minor league system. These are three guys all making their major league debut. We believe in these guys, and they showed the, the that belief in them paid off tonight. Aaron Boone on holding the O's to one run while having three players make their MLB debut. They, they were one of the big stories tonight. Obviously, Luis getting us off to a great start, six strong innings. Riding's coming in and, and you know, showing you why he's kind of rocketed through the system this year a little bit. You know, a little glimpse of, of what he's capable of. That was really good. And then and then Kerner being able to finish it off for us and, uh, you know, give us a little bit of a reset down there in the bullpen too. So um, really strong night on the mound for the guys. All right, judges. I don't like that he doesn't have nicknames for them, but yeah, that means they're not staying. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one's a tough. This was a very tough question for Gordon. It was. Cat. It was. But he did get him like the order, so yeah, like he he went one by one, and yep. Gordon did that. Yep. So I'm gonna give him a nine because this was a really tough one. JP. Uh, I'm gonna have to follow with Brian, man. He gets a nine for me. This is gonna be a high score for me, also. Gordon. You gave you got the guys in order, just as he did. Yeah. You actually you actually gave a better answer than he did because you didn't. <laughs> he didn't say they rocketed them up through the system right. and how good the system is. Gordon, yeah. you get a ten from me. Thank you. That's outstanding. Well, look, I'm sure work. Brian Cash will be in his ear right after this. How could you not talk about how great our system is and the belief that you have in the system? What's wrong really? with you? Exactly. And and you know and and this is what we're doing down there. Nice. Oh, it's fun. More answers with Aaron, of course, hopefully tomorrow night. Maybe another Yankee victory. Ooh. Although I will tell you. I will tell you. I will tell you guys, Brian and JP, Gordon is Gordon gets all tens when they lose. It's tough for Yo, him to know. Yeah, everybody, everybody's just – it's like when dad is ticked off and is, you know, kicking things around the house and everybody's just staying out of his way. That's uh, when the Yankees lose, everybody – you know what, Gordon, that was a 10. It's, uh, that was fantastic. Great job. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's tough. Tough. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.